What if your life was a dance? What if you could learn to perform it with grace and power? My name is Tudor Alexander, and I want to be your partner as we choreograph the dance of life. Join me as we share in some of the most meaningful life lessons and strategies that I've discovered in my career as a professional athlete and entrepreneur. We'll talk business, transformation, gratitude, and everything in between as we dance our way through life. Together, we'll learn and navigate life's changes and dance to whatever the music is playing. Are you ready? It's time for the dance of life. Today, my guest is Sean Douglas, TEDx speaker, founder of the Success Success Corps, and radio show host. How's it going, Sean? Dude, I am amazing today. How are you? I am also amazing. I'm really stoked for this interview because as we were talking a little bit earlier, like you are just lighting it up, man. I want to get into public speaking more. I want to do what you're doing down the road when I grow up, so to speak. So I'm really, really excited to have you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You're like, when I grow up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, what, awesome. do you, what do you do for a living? I mean, you want to share with them what what's your life about right now? So as of right now, I am active duty U S air force. I work from, I work like Monday through Friday, um, in the military, but I also speak 20 to 25 times a year Wow, nice! at different events, associations, you know, conferences, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, I also have my own radio show that I do. So my life is jam packed. Yeah, dude. It's about getting it on every aspect of excellence possible. That's what I've learned. I mean, anything that you can create and bring into the world, you have to take action upon it. So kudos Absolutely. to you for really building, building a wide platform to really share who you are. What, what part of what you do is, is your favorite? I mean, there's a lot of awesome things in what you're doing, what would you say is one of your favorite parts to, to the process or what you're doing right now? My favorite thing in the world is to get on stage and just bring it. And yeah. when I'm done, <laughs> people come up to me and say, man, you change like, wow. Like when people say like, my life's just, my life has changed, you know, man, I really like, like to empower them, to give them the energy to be that person in their life that says, okay, I got it. Like I, whatever he just said, I'm going to do. And I'm faithful that it's going to change my life or like whatever. Like I get people like, dude, that was so good. Like I'm going to take action on that. And then I get a message a couple months later, like, dude, this is what's happened. Oh my gosh, man. It's amazing. People follow me on Facebook and stuff on the events. And uh, I also like to follow up with them too and see how they're doing, you know, and see if they've taken action on anything. And, um, you know, just the, the people that I talk to after I deliver my presentation is just so amazing. Yeah, that's, that's, I think, probably the most rewarding thing that everybody who I've talked to on my show about, you know, the work that you do with other people is really just seeing that fire that's lit up in someone else when they finally get it or when they see a new possibility or a new outlet for action. So it's, it's amazing to be able to contribute that to other people. Oh, yeah. Well, what uh, what made you decide to take this life path? I mean, you you obviously were part of the military. How did how did that turn into kind of where you are right now? Were you always looking for an outlet to help other people to express what you're expressing no. now, or <laughs> no. no way, dude? No, dude, I was a self absorbed 
like a hole, dude. Like I freaking, <laughs> I cared about nobody but myself, you know, like I grew up a middle child. So I was always like not good enough to do what my older sister was doing, but you know, not loved enough. Like my younger sister, like it was, it was, I don't know, man. Hmm. I just, I never felt like I had value. Never felt like I had a purpose. Never felt like, um, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up, you know, like I just, I don't know. I was always confused. I never had any direction. Hmm. I mean, I had a little bit of positivity. Like my mom did her best, but I mean, I don't know. A couple of family members, like my aunts and uncles would kind of steer me in the right direction. My grandparents, you know, but, uh, for the most part, man, I was just like a lost kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I graduated high school with like a 1.9. Like I was just like, Oh ridiculous. wow. <laughs> I never half my senior year. I didn't even go. I was out smoking pot. Uh, <laughs> You know, just doing stupid stuff. You know, I lit my garage on fire one time by accident. Right. <laughs> you know, just doing stupid stuff. So, you know, the military, uh, you know, 9-11 happens, you know, the, the World Trade Center, all that stuff. And I was like, all right, this is it. This is my, this is my moment. Purpose. You know, yeah. I'm like literally a, a uh, discount tire warehouse manager, you know, 18 years old. You know, and, and I've already graduated high school, everything, and that happens. All right, I'm going to the military. Got it. But what got me public speaking and into speaking and all that was I, I became a drill instructor for the Air Force. Oh, wow. You know, I, I was a drill instructor in the military. Like, like everybody always makes fun of the, oh, the Air Force. Oh, that's the wussy force. That's the No way, man. Force. I always that's wanted to join the Air Force. <laughs> Dude. I tell you what, you think it, you think it's so easy. You think it's so great. Come in my dorm for six weeks. <laughs> ten, we actually was eight weeks. It was eight. I went. So in 2001, basic training was, was six weeks, right? It was right. six weeks, but it was like super tough. And it's not just making your beds and like, I mean, we have a completely different mission. So what we do is more like mind stuff. Like if you want no mind smartness, like whatever, join the Marine Corps or join the army or something. Mm. Go be a bullet sponge. Like you do, do what you got to do, you know? But like, we have a very different mission, you know? And so it takes a little bit of, of like what we do in basic training is different than, you know, like we fire the weapon, like we do all the same stuff, but like we have other things that we do that the other branches just don't do because we have like, it's just a different mission, you mm -hmm. know? And so, you know, basic training is just hard in different ways. And when I was there, dude, I would just like, mm, dude, I would get I, like, yeah, people would cry at my door. You know, because I didn't want that, you know, well, we're just the Air Force, so I can't really be hard on you. I got to put mints on your pillows. And right. Like, no, dude, I will destroy your face. <laughs> like, I will freaking scream at you and throw things and become belligerent, and I will freaking make you cry. Hmm. Like, every like every flight, I will make you cry. There's a, there's a point to it. There's a, there's a breaking down process. Yeah, there's a yeah. science, you know? And so it wasn't until I got the basic training and I really started diving into like personal development mm. and like psychology and positive psychology. I was like, dude, like this is great. Like, mm. why wasn't I aware of this before? You know, like right. I fed off of it and I was really good. And parents, here's what happened. So parents would come in and I was like this cocky dude, right? Cause I didn't care about nobody. I was all about myself. And it was this cocky, you know, little, little, E5, you know, basic training drill instructor. Parents are like, oh my God, what a turnaround on my child. And I'd be like, yeah, I did it in eight, I did it in, uh, what, eight weeks. You couldn't do it 18 years. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not quite the response that you would typically get from a drill instructor. Instead of a yes, sir, yes, ma'am, you know, all that stuff. Oh, I'm like, cocky dude. Yeah. So I got in trouble all the time for being a smart aleck, 
for being rude, obnoxious, whatever. But, you know, I got a humbling moment. You know, I had, I had a humbling moment that, uh, that set my path onto what I'm doing right now, man. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I tried to take my life. Wow. Uh, I just wasn't happy. Yeah, I read about I that on your website. Was, yeah, I mean, I was, I was battling, uh, alcoholism. Um, I, I don't, th- like, yeah, I was probably an alcoholic. Like, like, let's, let's call it what it is, right? But I mean, there were some times where I didn't feel like drinking, you know, but then there's some times where I just couldn't stop drinking. So mm. I was definitely an alcohol abuser. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I just, I did, I still like there wasn't, there was something missing. I didn't feel fulfilled in anything I was doing. Mm. You know what I mean? The only time I felt fulfilled was that somebody was like affirming me. Mm. You know what I mean? So if I didn't get the affirming and all I got was yelled at, then I was like, Oh, I suck at everything. I just, I, I just, I can never do anything right. And once you get into the absolutes, once you get into like the all or nothing, I always mess thing up. I never do anything right with it. And you're, and you're self defecating yourself, dude. But yeah, man, that's how, that's the path of suicide. And that's mm. the path I took. And that really pretty much acted as a catalyst for you to realize what was important to you. And, yes. move, and move forward. Yep. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You start to really prioritize where you are and where you want to be. And I was nowhere where I wanted to be. Hmm. Well, when you decided to create this, this new life path from, from that moment, obviously these things take time and it's really about the process and constantly acting upon your vision. What was a, what was a point in time when you can look back and say that you, uh, you know, I don't want to say lucky, but when you, when you got a big break or when something changed significantly, like whether it was your first paid speaking gig or your first mentor or something that, that altered your path, you can look back and say, yeah, you know, that really, that really made a difference for where I am today. Yeah. I would say that the, that being a drill instructor had a lot to do with it because it, it, it opened up doors you know like i speak at high schools i speak at colleges Mm. i would judge drill competitions i see but in 2014 because i was a drill instructor from 09 to 13 and then in 2014 i became a master resilience implementer for the air force oh wow and so i was teaching these resilient skills and i was like this like this is it because Mm. i had a little taste of that positive psychology i had a little taste of of why we break them down and why we scream at them and why we call them stupid people and why we are mean to them. And, you know, like I had a taste of it. Right. And I like, man, I like, and I've always been a fan of science, you know, not like, well, product A and product B. And then all of a sudden product C happens. Like, you know, I, I don't, got it. Chemical, chemistry, like we got it. But like the scientific stuff, like why our brains do what we do, why we make the decisions, why do people act the way they do? Mm. Um, you know, like, like all of the cool, like weird, like scientific studies that get done. Like the earth is made of this because it's scientific study. Like that's what I'm fascinated Yeah, all by. the mechanics and, and background information. A, <laughs> yeah, dude, for real. So when I, so the, all the resilient stuff and there was like fact-based positive psychology research done, like the brought it in build theory, the ax effect, the white bear phenomena. Um, all of these theories of why people make the decisions that they do and how they come to those decisions that hooked me. And I was like, I love this. Hmm. And so, 
you know, I don't want to be like a psychology major, but I'm just fascinated by the site, by, by the scientific studies that have been done. And so I thrived in that environment. And now four years later, I run the entire program at the base that I'm at oh, in North man, Carolina. That's awesome. That's so for now, you are pretty much the one in charge of that entire program at your base. That's what you said, right? Yeah. That, yeah. It's me and another guy that, that run the resilience program for uh, all of the military and civilians on the Air Force base. And can people sign up for that? Like if they're not in the military, is that something open to the public or? Yeah. 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 So, so we do like a two day resilience boot camp for the military, but I've also taken like the military stuff out of it and literally only have that research and a little bit of the content, whatever. And then I fill in the gaps to, to, for, for like companies, like if I go on doing like leadership, team building, team performance, stuff like that. And they say, Hey, we want our resilience training. I'll do like a half day, half day workshop. And I, I, cause a lot of it's like, how does this apply to the military? And how's it, like I take all of that stuff out. I only use the psychology parts and like the studies and everything. And then I fill in the gaps of how that would apply to your organization. So yeah, I go travel the, travel the country doing that. Uh, resilience training outside of the military as well. Hmm. That's awesome, man. So what does the future look like for you with what you're doing? Like what are, what's the big picture? What's your vision and what do you need yeah. to do to get there? So my 10 year vision is for the success core is what I want it to be is the premier entrepreneurship speaker, trainer and business owner academy. Nice. You probably got John Maxwell, right? They got Zig Ziglar legacy training. Yeah. They've got you can be a John Maxwell certified speaker. You can be a Zig Ziglar legacy speaker. You can be Les Brown's, uh, Les Brown has a speaker school, whatever. But all of these have one thing in common. When you become that speaker, you have to teach their curriculum, right? Mm. Like John Maxwell's, like you have to be a John Maxwell certified speaker, trainer, and then you teach like all his leadership stuff, whatever, right? We don't do that. I want to just teach you how to become a speaker, nail down the message, know who you're talking to, and then you go out into the world like I'm like I'm a certified speaker, like I'm a you know whatever. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you come learn entrepreneurship here from actual people who are actually entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that swear by going to college. Why would I? Why would I go to college to learn from a professor who is getting a hundred thousand dollar a year salary? But he's like teaching business. Right. I mean, why would I want as if I want to make a million dollars a year, I would learn from someone who's making a million dollars a year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. If I want to be a business owner, a speaker, a trainer, you know, an entrepreneur, like why wouldn't I learn from somebody who's doing it at the level that I want to do it at? Right. And making the money that I want to make. Hmm. Why? Like, I just, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't subject myself to, to a hundred thousand dollars in debt. To go to college and four years, so then have to show for it. <laughs> I mean, there's so much you can oh, do. Oh yeah, in, and have so to take much. four years to do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can take fifty thousand dollars right now, invest in myself, and get that ROI in like six months. Yeah. Just say. No, I I completely agree. I mean, I was actually just thinking about that the other day with with how much time you know, like I've been I didn't know anything about podcasting or social media or anything like eight months ago, and mm-hmm. I feel like I've been going to school you know, lately, but the, the amount of things I've learned in, and, and their usefulness in a short amount of time doesn't even compare to what 
I, how much time I wasted in college, like four years. I mean, I, I'm grateful yeah. for the experience, but man, who I am today, if I spend four years, like it's a whole different story, a whole different ballgame. I mean, it's just oh, yeah. crazy. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, what's your uh, biggest recurring obstacle and how do you recover from it? How do you get back to that creative flow and being, you know, at the top of your game? What recurring obstacles do I have? Yeah. What's your biggest one? I mean, you know, for some oh, people, it's dude. an internal one. Some people, it's, you know, external. That kind of strikes a nerve, dude. <laughs> um, you know, I, I guess recently I've been kind of battling some imposter syndrome, huh. you know, and you always hear about it. You always read about it when you get to that next level or actually when you get to every level, right? You're like, oh my God, this is super awesome. I can't believe this just happened. And then you think about it for a second, like, why? Is this happen? Like, I went to I went to do a speaking engagement in in uh, Colorado Springs. Okay, me and my wife, we go out there. It was amazing, and and so I I actually like paid for the for the hotel, right? And they said no, we refunded you the money. When I got there, I said yeah, here's my credit card. They're like no no no, we refunded you the money. Uh, they, they picked it up because they weren't going to. I was like okay, because we talked about it. I'm like, do you guys pay for this? They're like, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it, but. I'm not really sure. I don't think so. I'm like, well, I'll just go ahead and make the reservation anyways. Mm. So the rental car that we get is a BMW 430i. Here's how you know that you're rich broke. <laughs> you're rich broke when you get into a BMW 430i and you can't figure out how to start the car. <laughs> <laughs> now you know you've been living at the mediocre level. You see what I'm saying? Yep. I like, don't know how to start one for sure. <laughs> Did I make it to the next level? Is this what the next level feels like when I'm in a sports car and a premium rental car? And I can't even figure out how to put it in drive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can't figure out, like, do I push the button and then like, where's the key go? And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, so we're, you know, I was in this car. We're like, um, so we had to push on the brake all the way. And then we go, okay, cool. Got it. And then, right. And, and then all of a sudden the, the whole dash and everything, the car is talking to you in Spanish. You're like, oh, I don't know what to do. So the lady had to come out and like switch it to English. And I'm like, this is embarrassing. Like this is completely embarrassing. <laughs> but we get to the hotel. And I'm like, okay, we got to go to the hotel. I'm thinking like one king bed. They got us a presidential suite oh, over nice. at the, uh, like, like at a Hyatt or like a, uh, a Renaissance Inn or something like that. Real high end hotel. Cause I asked, I was like, how much does this usually cost? Like, how much is this room? Like, how much does it usually cost? And she's like, yeah, it's about 280, I guess with tax, like almost $300, like a night. And we were there for two nights. I was like, oh, damn, holy crap. Like, wow. So I'm in this like presidential suite, got the love making jacuzzi tub, you know, and I'm like videotaping my room and everything, you know, put it on Facebook. And I'm like, this is insane. Like, why do I have this right now? And my mentor was like, you shut your face. Like, you deserve this. You like, you need this. Like, you deserve like every all that. I'm like, okay. You know, like hmm. I literally looked out the window. I'm like, this is the life that I'm living now, hmm. you know, like things are being bought and paid for. And like, I'm getting, a, you know, a, a decent, um, you know, a decent pay, you know, like you deserve these things. And it yeah. just, it didn't feel like it, you know I mean? Hmm. And that was the first indication. I'm like, I've got that imposter syndrome. You know what I'm saying? I never but, heard imposter uh, syndrome. Now, what is, what does that mean? Yeah. So imposter syndrome is like, okay, so I'm a really good speaker. I'm just saying like, I'm a really good speaker. Mm -hmm. But do I really need a presidential suite? I mean, do I really need a BMW 430i? Do mm -hmm. I really need to be treated like 
with a lot of res- like, hey, sir, how's it going? Nice to see you. Like, they're super nice, right? Mm. And uh, and usually that's reserved for millionaires, right? Mm. I mean, we usually kiss the feet of millionaires and put them on pedestals. And but I'm just a normal, like me, I'm just a normal guy, but I don't see what everybody else sees. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You feel like so, an imposter you know, in your own life. Like, yeah, like if guys like Les Brown and like Jeff Hoffman from Priceline.com, he's the founder of Priceline.com. You know, I met him and talked to him and I was in awe. I was in awe. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. Like you're a billionaire. You're so amazing. And he's like, I'm just, a, dude, I'm just a dude. I have a family just like you. I just <laughs> built a billion dollar company. Like it's the only difference between you and I, you know, I put my parents on the same way. I like the same food you do, you know? And I was like, oh, that's awesome. You're just a normal guy. And then here <laughs> I am going, I don't deserve this. Like, what am I doing so great? Like, I don't get it. Mm. But other people are like, dude, you're great. Like, shut up. And my mentor's like, shut your face. Like, you're doing amazing things in this world. Like, you deserve these amazing blessings. Mm. I'm like, okay, okay, awesome, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, accepting our own greatness or even just being okay with... I remember I took a, a seminar one time about uh, acknowledgement and learning how to acknowledge others yeah. as well as accepting acknowledgement from others. And I realized, holy smokes, like, I have a real problem with accepting you know, the, the, the kindness of others or the praise of others. And it's like, you're denying them yeah. the chance to really contribute to your life and, and be happy for you, you know? So it's, it's interesting yeah. how we do that. That's, that's yep. so cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. Any uh, other strategies that you would share as far as your own productivity, your own creative flow? Like how oh, do you, dude. what are some things you can share? How much for time people? do we have? Oh, we have, you know, whatever, <laughs> as much time as you want. <laughs> How much time? I mean, okay, you know, so, maybe not two hours, so, but, you know, go for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody asks me, like, how are you so productive? Like, you're so efficient. Like, how do you balance a family and balance, you know, active duty military? And how do you travel everywhere? Like, how do you, I'm like, dude, you got to audit your time, bro. Yeah. Like, I don't watch TV, first of all. I don't watch TV. Yep. I watch in a week. I watch... Like four or five shows. Like, that's it. Just because I've been watching them forever, like Grey's Anatomy. My wife and I love that show. It's Grey's Anatomy. Gotta watch Grey's Anatomy, right? <laughs> nice. And then I watch Chicago PD and, 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 um, like Law and Order SVU. Like, that's what I watch. That's, that's like three to four hours, like right there. That's it. That's all, like a week. I know people that watch TV all freaking day. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I, like, I don't even, like, I literally, I might watch my team. For the, for football, like NFL, but like, not really, you know, like I might kind of check the score a little bit, but I'm, I'm busy. I'm working. I'm doing, you know, whatever. Yeah. You got to avoid the and time so, wasters. Definitely. So I might even like maybe record it, like DVR, something like that. And maybe watch it later. Maybe scan through, do the highlights, maybe watch ESPN sports center or something, but I don't sit there and just watch crazy long movies or get sucked into like a marathon show on Netflix. Like I don't freaking do that crap. So I don't even like really have a TV. I got like a super antenna. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't even have a cable bill. Like I don't have TV. You know mm. what I mean? So basically we have the Amazon fire stick and that's how we get all our stuff. The point is I schedule everything. Mm. If I'm, if, so right now this is scheduled. My, my time right now is scheduled for this is blocked for this. Yep. So after this, I'm going to get on social media for an hour. And then after that, if I look at my calendar, my calendar is blocked. From the time I wake up to the time I go to bed mm. and I've got it blocked and I stick to the calendar mm. and it, and it takes a lot of discipline and a lot of saying, this is what I'm going to do. Like, 
like energy. Like it's like, I'm going to stay to this. And so I schedule everything. Number one rule of success, schedule everything. If I'm supposed to be an hour on social media, that means I'm an hour on social media. And if I'm not supposed to be on social media during this other time, then I'm not on social media. I'm not checking my phone. I'm not checking email. I'm not like it's all, it's all blocked for that. Yep. I have time to check email. I have time to spend. I schedule family time and people get upset. They're like, wait a minute. You scheduled like, no, your family comes first. I'm like, I know. That's why I schedule it. Like, I don't take calls. <laughs> yeah. I'm not on the phone. I'm not on email. I'm not doing podcasts. I'm not, I'm nothing. I'm watching TV with my family or I'm, or we're having game night. Like we have scheduled like a game night. Like every single moment of my life is scheduled hmm. and I stick to that schedule. And that is how I get so much done. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it reminds me actually of a recent, uh, a podcast that I, I just actually talked about this on Friday of, of last, well, actually this episode's not going to air for a long time, but anyway, as of the time of this recording, a couple days ago, I just released a, a episode on what I uh, talked about time management and I, I completely agree. And coming oh, from a, a coming from a, a professional ballroom dancing career where, you know, I, I learned to basically coordinate my my body and movements with another person to every specific amount of music and time that you can imagine. I, I kind of talk about choreographing your dance of life, so to speak. And I completely agree that the more, you know, like you look at, I'm going to use dancing as a metaphor, but you know, you look at like a very, or even a, any kind of sport, anybody who's very skilled at anything has a very, very coordinated body and sequence of movement that they go through. Somebody who isn't as skilled is sloppy or messy. Their sequence isn't as detailed and in in alignment. And the same thing with the calendar, whether it's your calendar, your business, whatever, the more scheduled you are, the more things are in a particular order and sequence, the higher the result you can obtain. It's just, you know, it's a direct relationship. So thank you for sharing that. I I completely... Yeah, man, time management's a myth, by the way. It can't be done. Yeah. I go by energy management, not time management. Yeah, I, I so, completely agree. Like, so what I tell people, again, productivity. Here's what you do. Schedule everything. That's half of it. The other half, schedule according to your energy level. If you want to know what your energy level is at, make it make a bar graph. So draw a big L, and then on the left side, number it 1 through 10. 1 being at the bottom, 10 being on top. On the bottom of the graph, put 8 a.m., noon, 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. Okay. Every from eight to eight, put, you know, every four hours. So what you do is you mark where your energy level is at 8 a.m., noon, 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. Mine is peaking between four and eight. That's why my shows at that time, my shows at 5.30. That's why my, all of my social media, my emails, the phone calls for, for, um, my mentoring phone calls that I do for the, for the speakers that I mentor, uh, like everything. My follow, like everything is scheduled, but a lot of it is scheduled between four and eight. The other time it's, I'm either working or, uh, I get a chance to do social media or I'm doing other things, but like that time. Oh yeah, man. That is, I scheduled according to my energy mm-hmm. because time management is a myth. You can't do it. It doesn't make sense to manage time because you only have 86,400 seconds a day. You only have 24 hours. And once that time is gone, it's gone. You're not getting it back. That's However. True. Energy is a renewable resource. If you're tired, go get some coffee. Go take a walk. Go get some five-hour energy. Do something to get more energy because you can always get more energy. You can never get more time. So if you schedule things according to your energy, not time, you will become super efficient and and productive. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think your energy is always going to be a, a main factor in the decisions that you make a particular given moment. Sometimes yep. you're going to be creative. Absolutely. Sometimes you're going to be, you know, not creative. But you know what? You can organize things. That doesn't require any creative energy. So, you know, you have to judge according to what, what your energy is at. So, very cool. Boom. Well, what are you excited yep. about? Anything coming up? Any any projects? Any family trips? You guys just got back from the beach. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> so uh, so this year, man. I, so I want to. So my 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 growth plan. You have to have a growth plan for what you're doing. Absolutely. You always have to. Have a my growth plan is to introduce one new item year over year. So 2015, you know, I said, hey man, I'm making this thing a business. Like I'm gonna take. My resilient stuff on the road. I'm gonna like write books and do this and this. And this. I was looking at like, what can I do to change the world? Right. So 2014, I become this resilience implementer. 2015, I'm like, dude, I gotta do something. Like, like this is gonna be amazing. And so 2016, I wrote a book. 2015, I was getting ready. You know, I was speaking at different places, speaking for free a little bit. 2016, I'm speaking a lot more places. I wrote my book. 2017, got my TEDx, my uh, TEDx talk. I got my radio show. I'm speaking at like, you know, 15, 20 different places, you know, and then this year I rolled out the Success Core Mastermind, hmm. which is a paid mastermind. And I bring in six and seven figure entrepreneur and business owners who are crushing it. Hmm. And we mastermind with them once a week. Like every Wednesday is our Wednesday weekly roll call. And I bring in experts and they're absolutely crushing it in their space, you know? So that's awesome. Um, between that, but, but you know, between that, um, all of the mastermind members have a, um, they have a curriculum that they're going through, you know? So we go through like, um, the rules of engagement, like how to become a speaker, business owner, like whatever. So they're going through curriculum. To make sure that they're doing it the right way. And it, and it's like based off of things that I've done, I know work and other people that have done things and I know that they work because I see their, their productivity. Hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So I've got a couple of members that are, that are team members, a uh, bunch of experts, you know, in their space. And, you know, that's a year long program. And then if you want to stay on for, you know, after that, then you become, you know, part of like an alumni. You know, so, um, you know, we do events, we do different things. Um, but it's always that Wednesday weekly roll call that people show up and they bring their questions and we literally mastermind on how we're going to break through to that next level. And, uh, it's, it's been amazing so far. That's awesome. That's That's what I'm excited about for 2018. Yeah, man. That's kudos to you. That's an awesome resource. So, well, anything, anything you are grateful for right now? What's the biggest thing you're grateful for? I should say, not anything. Oh, dude, you know what? I love this question. I absolutely, I absolutely love this question because anywhere I go, I meet people and I ask them, you know, what are you grateful for? If I go to Walmart, you know, I ask the greeter, what are you grateful for? I ask the cashier, the, the waiter at the restaurant. Um, you know, everywhere I go, you know, I say, Hey, man, what are you grateful for? So I'm grateful for the opportunity to, be gifted to speak, right? Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for you. Uh, this is you know, a reschedule. Like, like we had this schedule before and it just kind of didn't work out. And then, but here we are. We're doing this thing. Yeah, man. And we're you're going to be on my world. radio show. We're going to get one <laughs> scheduled and you're going to be on my show. You know, so it's just, there's so much to be thankful for if you just look. Absolutely. Like if you, if you just look, um, yeah, 
you, there's always a blessing. Like, Absolutely. The one thing I always tell people is like, what's great about this? Even in the bad things, right? Even even in the horrible moments of your life, what is great about this? You get fired from a job. What's great about this? If you get into a car accident, what's great about this? Like, always ask that. What's great? My mentor, who is Rock Thomas, always asks us, "What are you grateful for? What are you grateful for? What are you grateful for?" And he always wants to know what we're grateful for because he says, "Hey, man, if your if your life is crap, what's great about your life being crap? Mm. And if you're always in the grateful mindset, because where focus goes, energy flows. If you focus on the positives, the energy will be positive." <laughs> if you only focus on negatives, then you bring negativity in your life. Where focus goes, energy will flow. That's so funny, man. Because yeah. you know, when you said that, I have a thing that I say is where my where your attention goes, something grows. <laughs> sorry, ah, sorry to cut nice. you off. That was so funny. Nice. Though. That's so crazy. I love it. Where your attention goes, something grows. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Yeah, it's like yeah, man. Whatever you focus on, it's going to grow because of your conscious attention is on it. It's yeah. It's a magnifying yep. force. Yeah, man. So. What you focus on expands. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What you focus on expands. So if you want to be a negative person, I guarantee you that you only focus on the negatives. There's some people that are like, I got this brand new car. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's so expensive. Like they automatically go to the negatives. I tell people <laughs> some negative, I have some negative people in my life, but I tell them like, you'd be pissed off if somebody gave you a million dollars because they weren't in the proper bills that you wanted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's true though. Oh, it's all in hundreds. I want it's, it's true. You know, like, You'd be mad that the, that the paper's not green enough. You yep. know what I mean? Like, you, it doesn't matter. Somebody could buy you a vacation. It wasn't to the destination you wanted. Like, yep. give me a break. That's cynicism, you know? man. So, That's the permanent onset of, of a cynical attitude that just cuts you off from yep. gratitude and from any, any other, <sighs> you know, important part of life. So. The best thing to do is cultivate an attitude of gratitude yep. because that is an abundant mindset. Yeah. That is an abundant mindset. That is the pillar of, of everything, man. I, I, it's something that we always have to practice. I, that's why I always ask it at the end of my show. <laughs> so, well, well, cool, man. We're coming up it. on the interview here on the end of the interview. Any final words yep. of wisdom for everybody listening uh, from your life path? Man, if you, so I always say how I always end my show, I always say live your brand. Hmm. Find opportunities every day to live out the core values that you have deep in your heart. Mm. I call it living your brand. Mm. Everybody thinks branding is a picture. It's a logo. It's you know, it's what you stand for. It's your belief system. That is your brand. Yeah, it's your belief system. It's, it's what you think, feel, and believe about yourself and what you think, feel, and believe about the world mm. and what you want the world to know. And so when I say live your brand, it means you're living strong in your beliefs and you're standing firm, not peer pressure, not anything else. You're not because somebody else believes it and I feel the pressure. No, it's standing firm and it's living your brand and living your truth. Mm. That's what I want people to do. I want them to live their truth because the truth is then the branding. That's beautiful, man. I, I totally relate to that. It's been the message of my life in the last six months. So I totally agree. Boom. It's all about sharing your truth Love with it. the world, man. So yeah, heck yeah, man. Very cool. Where can they find out more about you? Where can they sign up for the Success Corps or check out your resilience training or learn more about you? Absolutely, man. So uh, you can go to www.thesuccesscorps.com. Thesuccesscorps.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. I don't do uh, Snapagram and Instachat and all that other crazy <laughs> stuff. I don't do none of that stuff. Yeah. I just do LinkedIn 
Facebook. Those are my, I doubled down on those two. Um, I joined anyway. the Facebook group community. There's a Facebook group community, the success core, and also one for my radio show, Life Transformation Radio, uh, community. You can join those. Um, I'd love to talk to people. If you have a dream, we will help you achieve it because in the success core, we help to unlock your true potential and elevate your life. That is all I care about is transformation. That's awesome, man. Super. Well, thank you so much for, uh, joining me on this interview, my friend. This has been an awesome, awesome time. We'll have to, I'll have to look into your success course. Actually, that sounds like a pretty cool, cool thing to do every Wednesday. So. Sir, you are a gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> well, that concludes our interview, guys, on creating a life you love with Sean Douglas, TEDx speaker, founder of the Success Corp and radio show host. Thank you for supporting the show and helping me create a resource for people to empower themselves in creating a life that they love. And thank you again, Sean. It was an awesome time having you on the show. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You're listening to the Dance of Life podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. Join me weekly as I discuss my most meaningful life lessons and strategies on entrepreneurship, transformation, gratitude, and how to dance your way through life. For the latest content and bonus material, make sure you get subscribed using your favorite listening platform. And if you like today's episode or want to contribute to a future episode, share your ideas and keep the conversation going at danceoflife.com. And remember, life is short, so you might as well learn to dance your way through it. Until next time, I'm Tudor Alexander, and this is The Dance of Life.